my family and I, we, it's uh, me and my wife, we've been married, we'll be married 22 years here in August. That's pretty fantastic, cool. Uh, yeah, exactly. Who, who wooed? That, uh, somebody over there. Thank you for the woo. It's, it's hard work. We've made it. Uh, and then we have four children, uh, three that are biological, 19, 17, 15, and then a little one from Vietnam. She's seven, and her name is Hein, and she is delightful, beautiful. I wish she was here. Emma's here with me today. She's our oldest. Uh, and then the other ones are in Kentucky uh, because that's where some of our family is. And so they're riding four-wheelers and uh, walking through the woods, and chasing possums, whatever it is that you do in Kentucky. <laughs> And, uh, and then we're going to join them here in a couple of days to be with them. Uh, the whole family, the other day, we try to take a Saturday Sabbath day. And Sabbath is another one of those ancient practices that you see in the Hebrew scriptures where you just take like a 24-hour period to kind of slow down and rest and change the rhythm of your life, change the decibel level of your life. And so we were doing this one Saturday, and my wife and I had very intentionally uh, gathered our family together to teach them about listening and responding to God. Uh, And so we were going to tag team this thing where I was going to teach a little bit, and then she was going to teach a little bit, and we had all these scriptures ready. I I picked five of them, one from 1 Corinthians, one from Acts, one from Ecclesiastes, one from Psalms, one from 1 John. I know them because I was preparing, I, 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 I was ready for this time together with our family, and we took them down to Cheeseman Park. Anybody been down to Cheeseman, down in Denver, a cool little park, fun, right by the Botanic Gardens or Botanical Gardens, I don't know which way they call it, but one of those, and uh, we sat down, we had blankets on the floor, it was delicious and beautiful, we had little snacks and everything, Uh, and then we were going to walk our girls through this teaching and then send them out to listen to God. Uh, And so they would walk or have a blanket and write in their journals or read some of the scripture and use it as a launching point for them to do that. Now, the the three biological girls, they've done this before. They kind of know the drill, and so they were ready for it. But Hein, it was her first time to do something like this. Seven years old, from Vietnam. She's learned English. Actually, she learned English in three months, which is crazy cool. Uh, so she's kind of learning the rhythms of our family and learning God for the first time. And so this was one of her first spaces. And so I was taking the first turn with Hine because we were going to be more intentional and hands-on with her as the other girls were gone. And so I was going to take a turn and then my wife was going to take a turn and we were going to go back and forth like that to teach her about this concept about listening to God, if you can you know, actually do that, and being able to respond to him. Uh, so I sit down with Hein, and I said, Hein, I'm going to teach you about listening and learning to respond to God. And, you know, she's looking at me like, whatever, dude. And, and I said, uh, you get to pick one of these five passages. Uh, one is in 1 Corinthians, one's in Acts. You know, she's just deer in the headlights. She's like, what is this? And so I go through my whole scriptures and said, which one do you choose? And she says, Samuel. And I'm like, No, 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 honey. You see, I've spent some time with God listening and I'm responding to him. I've picked out these scriptures for you and and I'm ready to teach you about listening to God. And so if you would pick one of these scriptures that I'm prepared for, it'd be really good so that then I could teach you and then you'd be connected to God and your whole life will be better, right? And, And I said, so which scripture would you like? And she said, Samuel. And, and, and it was one of those weird, bizarre moments because I'm thinking to myself, she hasn't been around very long. She doesn't know the Bible very much, but somehow, somehow, somewhere she got Samuel in her head. 
And all of a sudden, it was one of those, like, you know, whenever you have that outer body kind of experience and you're looking down at the whole scene and you get a lay of the land. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, wait a second. Something beyond my knowledge is happening here. That this whole listening and obeying or listening and responding to God was all of a sudden happening in real time. Where my little girl, Hine, had all of a sudden gotten a download from God about Samuel. And all of a sudden she became the leader. She was trying to lead me to learn to listen to God and follow him. Do you follow me? Do you see what I'm saying? And so I'm sitting there and the very next thing that I have to decide then as the leader is, am I going to follow my seven-year-old who is following God in listening? And so, like a good dad would do, I'd said, okay, let's go to Samuel. And so I ruffle through the pages of my Bible, and I find Samuel, and I start kind of trying to catch myself up on the story, right? Because I didn't prepare for Samuel. Chapter one, I'm like, oh, that's not good. Chapter two, she's not going to get that. And chapter three, it's all about Samuel learning to listen to God. And it was one of those moments, I don't know if parents, you've ever felt this, or if you have those, you know, spiritual moments in life, all of a sudden the emotion kind of wells up. You've ever felt that? Like when you know God's in the room, when you know that something's happening that's otherworldly, that God has somehow nudged you or spoken to you or whispered to you, uh, or you're in an interaction or a conversation that all of a sudden becomes godly, and you just feel it. It just bubbles up. And I felt my eyes getting watery, like, oh my goodness, God is here. God is doing something. And so we started walking through the scriptures, beautiful scriptures of this guy named Eli, who then has this little boy named Samuel, who is learning all the things about the temple. And in the middle of that, God calls out. But the scriptures at the very beginning of all that say that God hadn't been speaking lately. But all of a sudden, God breaks through. And he doesn't break through to Eli the priest, which you would think he would. He breaks through to Samuel the boy. And little by little, then Samuel's trying to figure it all out. At first, he thinks it's Eli. So he runs over to Eli. He says, Eli, Eli. And this is happening at night, by the way. Uh, I heard you calling me. What's going on? And Eli's like, I didn't call you. This is another parenting moment, right? When your kids wake you up at 6 o'clock in the morning. You're like, there's still two hours before we're supposed to get up, right? Uh, And he said, go back to bed. And Eli said, go back to bed. And the same thing happens a second time and a third time. And then Eli all of a sudden figures it out. He's like, wait a second. Something otherworldly is happening here. Something spiritual is happening here. God is showing up again. And he says, okay, I don't know what all is going on or what God wants from you, but here's what you need to do. I want you, when you hear the voice, to respond and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel goes back to bed, and then all of a sudden it says that God shows up. So think about this. When God's voice shows up, God himself shows up. It's not ever just a voice on its own. And God shows up, and he's speaking to Samuel again, and then Samuel speaks the words, and God begins to download with him very specific stuff, and very specific stuff for Eli. And so Eli gets down through all his stuff, and he moves, and he says, Uh, It's not the best news ever. It was kind of a judgment kind of news, but it is the word of the Lord, and I'll receive it. And then it tells us that Samuel continued this pattern of listening and responding to God, listening and telling the people about God's words. An amazing, amazing story. And it teaches us all kinds of things. And I would just encourage you to maybe grab that 
on your phone and bookmark it and read it two or three times this week and see if God will reveal other things about listening and responding to him in your life. In my life, it's been all over the place, listening and responding to God. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic church uh, in Puerto Rico, and so I knew all of the stuff about the liturgy and how to, you know, move with God. And then little by little, we moved to Kentucky, from Puerto Rico to Kentucky, you can imagine that. And, uh, and then we learned about, uh, we joined a little Southern Baptist church, which actually followed Jesus, which was cool. And, um, and they taught me about relationship and, and you know, moved through that. And, uh, and little by little, uh, uh, through my my life, I've been trying to figure out where is it that God breaks in and how do I listen to him and how do I follow him? And it's been a crazy journey. And I wanted to just share with you uh, three or four or five tips about this stuff. Because again, if you can figure out how to move from this place of just being kind of religious to this place of moving into a relational and conversational relationship with God, it's a game changer. It is a complete game changer. So how do we listen to God. Here's uh, a few things that's going to be up here on the screen. Here's the first one. Uh, if you want to get really good at this, the first thing you've got to know is that you got to know that God can speak to you. God can speak to you. One of the assumptions I had growing up in church when I sat in the pews and listened to the guys up here, and sometimes they'd wear the robes, and I know that, that's really special. And, uh, and I had this assumption that God spoke to those guys or those gals, but he couldn't speak really to the people. That God would speak to them and they would speak to us. And then we would somehow grab some of those words and move with them. But it turns out that God actually has all through history moved closer and closer and closer and closer to us so that he can actually have a relationship with us. So he starts out creating. He is above everything. And then he's moving in the garden with people, but actually coming back and forth. And then he uh, says, I, I want to move into the neighborhood. He brings Jesus, God, in the flesh, into humanity. So it says, uh, God put on flesh and came into the neighborhood in John. And so he sees him moving through there. And then Jesus himself says, you know, this is not close enough. Like, I got to go so I can give you the Holy Spirit so that every one of you can have Emmanuel, this God with us, in a very real present moment-by-moment -moment experience. So he continues to draw near to us, which means that the conversational relationship gets closer and closer. We're the ones that hold him back or allow him to draw near. He is like, I'm here. I'm here. And so you move through this place of trying to figure out, can he speak to me? And the answer is yes. He can speak to all of you over here. He can speak to all of you all over here. He can speak to all of you here. Maybe row number four, not so much. But everybody should be able to download from God. And that's the first thing that I would say, receive. God can speak to you. God is so personal. He wants a relationship with you so badly that he wants to download and have a conversation with you. Here's the second one. Number two is that you need to remain ready for his voice. The other thing and assumption in my life is that God would come from time to time. Uh, in the Old Testament, that's exactly what it seemed like. There would be these mountaintop kind of experiences. He would download some stuff and then he'd get, go away. Uh, I had this assumption that he would come like in calling. So God would call you to believe, and so then you would believe. God would call you to be baptized, and so you'd be baptized. God would call you into ministry, and you would move into some kind of ministry. But again, if he is moving closer and closer and closer to us, 
it should seem that the uh, occurrences of his voice become more and more moment by moment than case by case. And so having a, a posture of always receiving is the next key to learning how to listen. Uh, I think to myself all the time, whenever you uh, are playing games or whenever you, you, know, you see the Rockies player, the Broncos player, whatever, these guys come on the field and they are ready to receive the ball wherever it is that they are, right? I mean, it's, it's this place that you've got to know where the ball is and you've got to like move towards the ball. And it's kind of that same concept with receiving. It's like you're always uh, receptive and aware, anticipating that the voice of God could come at any time and in any place. So for Eli and for Samuel, the voice came in the nighttime. And they weren't quite ready for it. And luckily they figured it out and then they were receptive to it. What would it look like for you and me to live in a constant space of being able to receive God's words? That means he can come to you right here, right now. That means like when you go to work, he can come and talk to you then. That means whenever you are in the bathtub, if you are a bathtub type person, he can speak to you there. Whenever you're with the kids and trying to fix, uh, that's a good southern word that I learned in Kentucky, you fix dinner. When you fix dinner, uh, that is also a place where God can break in. Are you ready to receive God's words any time and at any moment? So that's kind of the second space of knowing how to listen to God. Know that he can do it to you and know that it can come at any time. So be ready for it. And here's the third one. Learn his voice and his nudges. Learn his voice and his nudges. I think the biggest question that comes into this is, how do I know it's God? When it comes to God's voice or God's nudges, how do I actually know it's from God himself? The best way I can describe this for you is kind of what happens in the womb. Uh, a little child is being created. And, you know, you have moms now. I don't know if you, any of you did this, but uh, we thought about doing it, where moms will, like, play Beethoven or Mozart around the belly, right, so that the, the, the child can start growing and learning, you know, good, awesome music and become a genius. Anybody do that? Any, no? Nobody did that? Okay, that must have been, like, a 90s thing. It, it did happen. We did it to this girl, and she is a genius, by the way. Uh, and so they, they start understanding that a child in the womb can start understanding and feeling and, and understanding some of this stuff. At first, with a mother, it begins with tones, right? And the baby's downloading tones. And then the baby is born, and then there's eye contact and the raising of the eyebrows or the, 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 the frowns or the, or the giggles. And, and the baby's starting to figure out some kind of relationship there. And then there's the words, right? And mama and dada. And then all of a sudden there is interaction. And the words become sentences. And the sentences become paragraphs. And the paragraphs become meaning and thought and nuance. And all of a sudden, a relationship is made. And little by little, as that relationship goes, also the, the physical cues and the, and the nonverbals are all intertwined. And as you build relationship, you start figuring out your mother or your father's voice, right? And that's how kids work. That's how we worked with our families. And that's how it works with God. At first, when you start trying to figure out this whole voice of God or nudges of God, it feels like tones or grunts or groans. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a faint kind of whisper. And little by little, you start practicing through that and learning his voice. 
and then it becomes a word, and then it becomes a sentence, and then maybe it becomes a conversation. But then sometimes it just goes back to a look or uh, maybe a nudge. And, and, the, and, the, and the art of listening to God is understanding that he can speak in all of these ways. And the art of learning to listen to God is knowing that he speaks to all of us pretty specifically. Like for me, when I have to hear God, when I really want to hear God, I've got to get away from noise. I've got to get into some kind of nature. I've got to get still and silent. And I've got to have a journal. For me, that's the way that I've learned the voice of God over time. For you, it may happen totally different, totally differently. And as you learn it, you've got to learn to trust it. So you move into the listening, but listening is not enough. The scriptures tell us that you move from listening to response. Here's some of the ways that the scriptures talk about it. Uh, In Deuteronomy, it says, listen and obey. In Deuteronomy, it also says, listen and learn. Proverbs and Matthew, listen and understand. Jeremiah, listen and turn from your evil ways. It's not good enough to listen. You've got to do something with the words that God gives you. It's not good enough just to grab the knowledge and the wisdom of the universe. It'd be really great if you applied it somehow. Now, sometimes it is just for you. He wants to teach you something about yourself, something about God, about himself, something about the nature of things or humanity. He sometimes is just trying to educate you, give you knowledge and wisdom. Sometimes we think, you know, some people are really wise in the world. And I think those people are the ones that have opened themselves up to catching the words of God. The same wisdom is available to every one of us. We can all become wise if we catch the words of God. And so sometimes it's about listening and learning and understanding. Sometimes it's more active. He says, listen and obey. He asks you to do something. He asks you to speak a word. He asks you to move in one way or another relationally. And sometimes he asks you to look internally, reflect on who you are and what you're doing, and maybe course correct by turning from your evil ways. But sometimes we do move into ways that are just not the best for living as a human here on earth. And he says, could I help you course correct? Can I help you turn from those ways? And so listening always leads to response. And so again, let me give you two or three little tips that maybe will help you go from where you are to uh, another level. Here's the first one on learning to respond. Trust God's words and nudges. Uh, We can hear from God, but trusting his voice is a whole different matter. Uh, Henry uh, Blackaby, way back, uh, gosh, 80s, 90s, wrote a book about listening to God. And somewhere in the middle of the book, he says something like, when God speaks to you, The very next thing you do says everything about your faith. Think about that. When when God speaks to you, when you understand that, hey, he's actually trying to get my attention here. He's nudging me. He's moving me in some way. The very next thing you do says everything about what you believe in about him, about your faith. And this is all about trust. The first step in knowing God's voice or responding to God's voice is trusting God's voice. Again, that'll take time. Trust takes time. With every relationship we're in, trust takes time. With God, I know that you're like, well, it shouldn't take trust. He's God. No, it's a relationship. It takes time. 
So move through what it takes you to build trust with God. And little by little, uh, exercise that trust muscle so that you can, when he speaks, you trust it. When he speaks and you know it's his voice, you trust it. And that is the first step of response. Trust his voice. In John 10, it says, I'm the shepherd and the shepherd and I, the, I know my sheep and the sheep know me. Uh, later in that verse, it says, I'm the shepherd, the sheep uh, uh, know me and they know my voice. And so there's this place, again, of relationship. You're continuously moving with the shepherd and little by little you get to know him and little by little you get to know his voice and you can trust it and you can trust it. Uh, here's the next one, how to respond. Uh, take the first step. Take the first step. Uh, whenever you hear God, you trust him, the, the very next thing to do is just to take a step. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to complete the whole task. Just take a step. My wife, uh, she is an amazing woman. I wish she was here and you guys could meet her too. Uh, but the other day, through the last few weeks and months, uh, she's been feeling these nudges that she s- thinks are from God um, and she, uh, about starting a podcast. Do you guys know what a podcast is? It's like a radio station online, basically, and you kind of listen and make episodes. And she completely rejected it, and she was like, no way, I'm not going to do it. And, uh, and little by little, she just felt it more strongly and more strongly. And so her first step was trusting, like, okay, I think maybe this is God. And her next step was uh, kind of talking to me about it. And we had a conversation about it. Like, I think this is happening. And her next step was like research. And so she started researching what is podcasting? How do I do it? And why would I do it? And what would I say? And she started putting all that stuff down. And little by little by little, all of a sudden she responded to the word of the Lord, to a podcast. The next thing we know, she's publishing podcasts. And she's a podcaster, right? Um, What I would say to you is that God will nudge you and speak to you in so many ways, in so many ways. Sometimes it's call your friend, right? Uh, sometimes it's uh, could you learn about me by reading the scriptures a little bit more often. Uh, sometimes it's could you be more involved or give yourself away in this volunteer position or that volunteer opportunity. Uh, and the first thing to do is just to take a step. Like it can be scary, it can be daunting, but that you would just actually move and take a step towards it. That may be research. That may be just jotting it down. I think I heard from God and just putting it somewhere so that it is documented. July 22, 19, whatever, he spoke to me, and it's there. And then maybe it's about speaking to a friend, about getting to it with a trusted friend that knows how to follow or listen or that you know has some kind of experience in that and saying, I'd like to like, figure this out with you. And you start moving through those first steps. So you trust God and you take the first steps. And here's the last one. Learn, celebrate, and try it again. Uh, In this whole listening to God, just like listening to our parents, there's a lot of good that happens and there's a lot of bad that happens. There's a lot of uh, great attempts of success and there's a, a lot of great attempts of failure or great attempts of just dismissing, you know, the voice of God. And what I would say to you in this whole practice of listening and responding to God is to have a ton of grace for yourself and just use it as a learning opportunity because indeed all of life is learning, right? All of life is learning and this is just another place that we get to learn 
And so learn from your successes. Like I heard God, I acted upon it, something cool happened. Like, you know, this whole thing with Hein and, you know, the Samuel scripture. And all of a sudden, you know, when the family all got back together, Hein and I were like excited that there was a God moment that we had. We listened to him, we responded to him, and cool things happened. So celebrate those moments, share those moments, but also recognize those moments when you fail. Like, I heard God, I tried to respond to him, and nothing happened. Or I heard God, and I tried to respond to him, and boy, was I wrong. That wasn't God at all. That was totally me, you know? And just being honest with yourself and having grace for yourself. Like, I missed it that time. I totally blew it. What happened? Uh, What could I do better? How can I try again? And I would just say, keep trying. The God of the universe, I mean, if this is true, if the God of the universe wants to speak to you, I just keep trying and trying until it's a natural rhythm of life for you. And so I would say this has been a game changer for me in my life. And I think it can be a game changer for you. Now, one of the things that I'd like to say in just closing is that one of the things that God says to me the most often Uh, that I think he'll probably say to you the most often is a little phrase uh, that goes like this. I love you. Sometimes I go to God and I'm asking him for the wisdom of the ages and direction and guidance for my life. And he says, I love you, Kevin. And that's all he'll say. And that's sometimes and very regularly all I need. So the last thing that I would say in this whole thing is that you're going to be asking him for a lot of things. You're going to be wanting a very specific revelation from him, and he's going to give you the very best answers he's got. And usually that's, I love you, and I'm with you. Whenever I used to follow God early on, you know, and I'd get these kind of callings from him, and I'd kind of download from him, okay, I got it. I'd leave him behind, and then I'd go and do my own stuff, right? I'm going to go do this for you, God. God's pattern was completely different. He says, let's go do this together. It's always a, let's go do this together. And then we move together in relationship. And it's more about us figuring it out together, him being with me, me knowing his love for me, me knowing my identity in him so I can move into that space and not so much about the particulars or the specifics of what that journey looks like. And so I just want to give you this gift that even if you don't hear him, I hope that you hear me say from him, I love you, I'm with you, I'm not going away. Every part of your journey, I know about it. Every part of what's going on inside of you, anxiety and worry and stress, I know about it. Whenever that thing happened at your job, I was there. Whenever you had that blow up with your spouse, I was there. When you messed up with your kids and you disciplined too hard, I was there too. And guess what? I'm going to continue to be there. And little by little, you start checking in. Right now, in this very moment, I feel like I'm having a conversation with him as I'm having a conversation with you. My pattern of life has always been to have an ear towards heaven as I'm having any conversation or moving through any uh, part of my life. And that's what I want to give to you. What if, in moment by moment, real time, you could have a relationship with God and hear from him all the time? Uh, I'm telling you, game changer. Will you pray with me? Father, um, as we come to a time of response, um, 
to interact with you again as we've been interacting this whole time together. I pray that you'll soften our hearts and soften our ears to your whispers and your nudges. And then I pray, God, that you'll help us to shift into that space of of wanting more of you and to practice more of this space that the failures in the past won't keep us from the successes of the future in relationship with you and in being able to catch your words. So God, for my brothers and sisters here and for me, God, come more often. Be, be with me more fully. Help me to be more aware of your presence. Help me to receive more. Help us to receive more. And help us to live a vibrant kingdom life in this rhythm of relationship. Thank you, God, for loving us and being with us and never, ever going away. In Jesus' name, amen.